Hello there, I'm your host, McNeil Mulliken, and you are listening to the McNeil and Friends Podcast. Here I invite different people to talk about all topics relating to cinema. Visit the McNeil and Friends Podcast website at www.mcneilandfriendspodcast.com to learn more about the podcast and where you can find episodes. You can support the McNeil and Friends Podcast by following or subscribing on the platform you listen to podcasts and by leaving a rating or a review. You can also support the McNeil and Friends Podcast by telling your friends, and if you don't have any, you can tell your family. Thank you for listening. What's up, everybody? Welcome to the first episode of Season 4 of the McNeil and Friends Podcast. Throughout this season, I'm going to be talking about new movie releases, topics relating to the new releases, and fun random topics pertaining to movies. As always, I'm inviting friends through Zoom for all episodes. Today, I'm here with my friend Cody. How's it going, Cody? What's going on, man? You already know I'm back. Wait, did you say this is the first episode of Season 4? That is correct. Ooh, you guys are opening up with a bang. You already know. But yes, this is the first episode of 2021. We have a very lighthearted topic for you guys today. We're going to be talking about our top 10 guilty pleasure movies. So uh, this is very unlike anything that I've done before. We're going to be talking about a completely different realm of movies than what people are probably used to hearing on here. Um, But Cody, what type of movies are usually your guilty pleasure and how do they differ from your usual taste in movies? See, like, like here's the thing about me for my, um, for, for my guilty pleasures, I'm looking and like, they're not any per, well, I guess a lot of them are more like sci-fi adventure action movies that like kind of suck, but there's also like, there, there's three in here where you're just going to be like, dude, like what's wrong with you? Like I know. But, you know, we'll, we'll, we'll find out. <laughs> My guilty pleasure movies tend to be either action blockbusters that nobody really cared for at all. Mm-hmm. Or there's like a big controversy behind them or something like that where there is like just so many problems. Like so many people were super excited and it was a major letdown. And I happened to like recognize that there were so many problems with it. But like I actually liked it, you know, if you know what I mean. Yeah. So there's one like that. But then there's a couple action blockbusters that everybody's just like, these are just super, super cheesy. Nobody likes them or whatever. Um, but for whatever reason, I was thoroughly entertained by them. I've also got a few rom-coms and then some overly sappy romance movies. <laughs> Those are some of mine for whatever reason. Um, but before we get started, be sure to follow or subscribe to the McNeil and Friends podcast wherever you listen to podcasts and leave a rating and review if you want to help support the podcast. You can follow the McNeil and Friends podcast on Instagram at McNeil.and.friends.podcast. Message me on Instagram to let me know what your guilty pleasure movies are. You can also follow me on Letterboxd at McNeil Mulliken. Letterboxd is where I post the movies I watch and write reviews. Also, you can find the McNeil and Friends podcast on Twitter. Lastly, you can find the McNeil and Friends podcast on Patreon to support this podcast by becoming a patron if you so desire. All of this information can be found on the McNeil and Friends podcast website at www.mcneilandfriendspodcast.com, and you can find a link that will take you to all of these locations in the description of this episode. So, Cody, what is your number 10 guilty pleasure movie? All right, so, like, like I have 10 here, but they're not in any particular order, but I do have some that I find more pleasure in when I really shouldn't, so I'm just going to kind of be jumping around here. So... For my first guilty pleasure movie, I'm going to go with X-Men Origins Wolverine. <laughs> like That's such a terrible movie. See, like I don't know why everybody makes fun of it. I freaking love that movie. I think it is so cool. Now, okay, I don't like the way they did Deadpool. I hate the way they did Deadpool. I love I'm so Deadpool. surprised you actually enjoy that movie because Deadpool's like your favorite superhero. Yeah, I know, but like... I, like, one of my favorite superheroes is also Wolverine, and dude, I freaking True. love that movie. Like, I'll watch it any day of the week. I liked it when I was, like, nine when it came out. And then I watched it, like, in high school, and every time I've watched it since, it's just progressively gotten worse. I feel like it ages terribly. I mean, his claws just look like crap. It just does. It doesn't even look realistic. I mean, obviously, it's not supposed to be real, but it just it, it's just so obvious that he has CGI claws coming out of his knuckles i I, I can't even look at you right now (laughs) 
And most people would say the same about you with that movie. You know what? You're so right, but I, I <laughs> love that movie. I love that movie to death, man. Yeah, I just I I don't feel the same. I just I just think that's a dumb movie. I love but that movie. That is your guilty pleasure and that's fine. Like I've got I've got someone here you you'll you'll probably think the the same thing. So Okay. Let's hear. But like you, you know, so you talked about you don't really have any particular order for mm-hmm. your movies. I'm kind of the same way. Like I just kind of threw them in some random ranking here and I don't exactly even know why it was just kind of just pure instinct really like I didn't really put much thought into this I mean it's guilty pleasure so there's not really any objective way of trying to figure out what's the best guilty pleasure movie it's it's yeah. all like whether you're going to McDonald's or whether you're going to Taco Bell I don't really think it matters Dude, you know Taco Bell sounds so good anyway okay. let's talk anyway, let's so talk about your <laughs> my number my number 10 here is Safe Haven Safe Haven yeah. That sounds very familiar, but I can't like... Are you familiar with The Notebook? I am. Okay, so Nicholas Sparks is a famous author, and he has uh, a ton of movies, or a lot of movies that have been adapted from his books. There, there's a ton of them, and uh, Safe Haven is one of them. Um, I would have gone with The Notebook, but I decided not to because that's one, like, everybody likes that movie from what I understand, and a lot of people reference it. So I didn't really think it was fair to put the notebook on here just because of how popular it is and that everybody just kind of yeah. actually likes that movie, whether it has good critical reception or not. But I pretty much enjoy every Nicholas Sparks movie, and they're known for being just like overly cheesy and sappy and just like, for whatever reason, I really enjoy the Nicholas Sparks adapted movies. I have no idea why, and I think maybe part of it is because all of his books take place, and I, for reference, I've never read any of his books, but for whatever reason... Um, well, he's actually from the area we live in. We live in the Carolinas. And so all of his movies take place on the coast of either North Carolina, South Carolina, or Georgia. They're oh, all I never set on a coast. Yeah, they're all on the coast of one of those three states. Not a ton of movies come from those states. We live in South Carolina. And uh, so I just, I kind of like seeing just the the coast scenery of yeah. the area we live in because it's very familiar to me. And it's literally like not even one of the places I would choose to live or choose to go. Like if I could choose to go anywhere, it would be it would be like Montana, Wyoming, something like that. I would so go to Vegas. Alabama and Vegas are like at the bottom of the list for me. What really? Um, yeah. Um, but anyway, so Safe Haven is it's set there. It's in the set in North Carolina at the beach, and for whatever reason, I just really like it because it's like this. It's literally just pure sappy escapism where mm. you can just like watch a stupid romance movie where. It's going to have some tragedy in there. It's going to have some good moments and you can kind of predict it all the way throughout, but it's still just kind of a good time to watch for whatever reason. And, um, yeah, safe Haven. That's my number 10. (laughs) Amen. I I support you, but like, I can't support you. Like (laughs) fair enough. Same way with me for you with X-Men origins Wolverine. Oh yeah, dude. But like straight up this podcast, we're going to be judging each other and it is okay. Oh yeah. But, and, Everybody listening is probably going to be judging us as well, which is oh, fine. One thousand percent. Like I'm, like we're probably going to lose followers from this because maybe gonna be like, we might. I don't maybe, know, man. but it is guilty pleasure. So it is guilty. I'm pleasure. not saying these should have won an Oscar. You know, I, I I'm saying that all of my movies should win an Oscar. Wow, because they are amazing, and everybody right. else is just stupid. <laughs> so what's your number nine? My number, okay, so, like, there's two that, like, I kind of want to put at number nine, but I'm just going to do Dirty Grandpa with um, Robert De Niro and Zac Efron. Now, um, my, my my dad, he was like, hey, man, you know, check out this movie. It's really funny. I was like, okay. So then I watch it, and it was hilarious, right? And my dad liked it. Everybody that I I know, like, like that have seen it has have liked it, but... um. It was terrible in the box offices. It did terrible. Yeah. So I, I'm going to count That's that. That's not a surprise. I think it is an amazing movie. It is hilarious. And I just think, I don't know. I find a lot of pleasure watching it because it is hilarious. Because it's an old Robert De Niro. He's going to frat parties. You know, he's out drinking all these kids and just all this stuff happening. I think it is hilarious, man. Yeah, I'm not surprised that you like that movie at all. I haven't seen it. I've seen trailers like when I've gone to theaters or whatever, but mm-hmm. back in the past when that used to be a thing. Yeah. But uh, I, I could totally see why that would be your type of humor. 
dude, for it sure. Is so funny. I I don't know. I've always found humor in just people doing dumb stuff. Yeah, and that that that's all that movie is, and it's hilarious to me. Well, that's fair enough. I definitely have a couple in here that are about some some comedy, and I people. If they listen regularly, they know my thoughts on the comedy. Yeah. Um, but anyway, so my number nine is The Day After Tomorrow. Have you seen that? The Day After Tomorrow. Yeah. Ooh, that sounds really familiar. Who does it have in it? Dennis Quaid and Jake Gyllenhaal. It's directed by Roland Emmerich. The Day... Wait, oh, I think I have seen this movie. So it's basically this giant apocalyptic disaster movie where... Yeah. Uh, it, it's a, essentially about climate change. They've discovered some type of, um, so they've discovered that the world's basically going to go to crap in about a hundred years, but then yeah. it all goes to crap pretty much immediately right after their discovery. I mean, there's literally nothing realistic about this movie. It is completely scientifically inaccurate. It's absolutely absurd. Um, so but it's, it's just, just like really far out there. Literally everything in the, like it's all about weather. Everything in the book happens. Like, you name it, it happens. Really? Yeah, literally, just try it. Name something, I'll tell you if it happens. Uh, a fire tornado. Okay, no. <laughs> <laughs> well, hey, you said name anything. I don't, is that even, is that real? Yeah, it's real. Oh, well, anyway, I went through this huge disaster movie phase when I was in high school. Mm-hmm. Or, no, sorry, uh, early middle school, not high school. And for whatever reason, I watched through a ton of them, and a lot of them suck. Yeah. Most of them suck. And I'm not going to say that The Day After Tomorrow doesn't suck, but it's the one that always stuck with me. And I remember watching it when I was like 11, and I was just like on the edge of my seat because I'd never seen anything like it before. And I was just like, <laughs> oh my gosh, they're in the eye of a hurricane. And I, like my heart was just like beating. And I'm like, probably the only one where that's that ever happened to. Most people saw it in the theater. They were like, seriously? And you're wow. just like, bro, do you not see that storm? That's insane. <laughs> I don't know. I, I'm a sucker for those types of movies. Like, I think they're fun for the most part. Like, yeah. the, they, they've they kind of run out of ideas with them for the most part, like at this point. But when they started being made, like in the 90s to now, whatever, they're a lot of fun. Not to now, sorry. Like the 2000s, I think they were a lot of fun. But um, yeah, The Day After Tomorrow, that one was a lot of fun for me. Super nostalgic. I have a lot of fun with that one. I think it's just, just entertaining, really. Yeah, so, I get uh, that. Yeah, I get that. So what's your number eight? So for number eight, it is Green Lantern with Ryan Reynolds. Oh my gosh. You've got some terrible comic book movies in here. Dude, I freaking love this movie. I don't know. But when I was like, I remember I watched it when I was a kid and I really liked it. You know, I was a kid and then I watched it. uh, I, I watched it a little bit ago and I still liked it. It kept my interest and I just thought it was cool. I don't know why, because... Um, Brian Reynolds is not a good Green Lantern. No. Absolutely not. I love the post-credit scene in uh, Deadpool 2 where he goes, Deadpool legitimately goes and shoots Ryan Reynolds for <laughs> getting the script for Green oh, Lantern. He's yeah. like, finally, we're going to make it big. And he's like, nope. <laughs> and just shoots him. <laughs> See, like, the thing is, is like, um, in the Deadpool movies with Ryan Reynolds, he just makes fun of it the entire time. But Yeah, I, it's great. I, I don't think that movie was that bad. I get that, you know, Ryan Reynolds was not a good pick for Green Lantern. You know, I get that um, the suit was CGI and all this stuff. But I don't know. It kept my interest. It keeps my interest. And I, I'm just very entertained by it. I have This no weird thing why. is like on paper, Ryan Reynolds should have been a good Hal Jordan. Yeah. I think. On paper, the yes, whole I have the whole no movie idea. was just executed terribly, in my opinion. Literally, okay, this is funny. So it's funny that you say this because last night I couldn't sleep, mm-hmm. so I was like, I just had a random thought where I was like, how many people actually liked Green Lantern? So I go on this app that I use, Letterbox, and I filter it out to see how many people actually gave it five stars. Yeah, there's like a small group of people that went like, this is the greatest comic book movie of all time, and I was like, how on earth can you say that you can put Green Lantern? above the dark night or something like that you know okay so like here here's my thing i feel like the movie would have been a lot better if the script the execution everything would be good because like you're right on paper ryan reynolds probably would be a good hal jordan i think he would be but i feel like it was you know everything else that made it bad it wasn't ryan well the whole movie looked like crap the story was dumb the villain was dumb 
and, and especially because they originally tried to use that movie to like launch their own version of, of a DC universe, like a cinematic universe. Did they? Yeah, that was the intention that. behind that movie. They were going to make it a trilogy. And oh. it was just so bad. And then they rebooted with Man of Steel. So, yeah, I, honestly, like, I like Green Lantern more than I do Man of Steel. No. No, that's just not a thing. I'm I'm sorry because like for me, Man of Steel, I don't know. I feel like it's a little bit more on the boring side. I used to not like it when it came out, and then later on, I found out like there's actually like there's a lot of people that like Man of Steel. Like it's pretty mm-hmm. much like a 50-50 deal. Yeah. And I watched it literally the other day, and I was like, this is actually a pretty great movie. But that's just me. I, I can't agree with you there, man. Yeah, it's a Green Lantern. I can't agree with you there. But um, <laughs> so my number eight is just go with it with Adam Sandler, Jennifer Aniston, Brooklyn Decker, Nicole oh, Kidman, and yes. Dave Matthews. Dude, I freaking love that movie. You've seen it? Yeah, okay, so it's not the... in my list because I, I I forgot about it. But I freaking love that movie, dude. It is hilarious. I like, think it is know, too. We would have, you know, like. I would have put Adam Sandler movies like Waterboy or Happy Gilmore on here, but there's so many people that like those movies and Adam Sandler is known for those. It's like, to me, those are really terrible movies, but I find them funny. But since they're like Adam Sandler's classics, I was like, I'm not going to put them on guilty pleasure. Like I wouldn't feel guilty for watching an Adam Sandler movie that like people actually like. Just Go With It is not a movie that people generally like as an Adam Sandler movie. But I guess so to explain my sense of humor... I don't find slapstick funny at all. The only slapstick comedy actor that I think is hilarious is Adam Sandler. For whatever reason, his style works for me. Nobody else in that genre works for me whatsoever. Adam Sandler, I have no idea what it is. It's just like, I guess his just presence in, in his movies Dude. really just crack me up. See, like for me, I love slapstick. I think it is the funniest thing to ever grace the earth like i love like you know ryan reynolds adam sandler all those guys but um yeah i i love adam sandler's movies i love all of them i love you know grown-ups one and two i love um uh chuck and larry where he had to marry his best friend and they're firefighters like like i i love those movies i think they're hilarious i watched uh chuck and larry uh the other night and i loved it oh really yeah i i watched just go with it like once every other year or something like that probably but i have a lot of fun with it i think the situation's really funny and i mm-hmm. think all the actors all around just have really great chemistry with each other i yeah. think adam sandler and jennifer aniston are legitimately good together i think movies, they are so too. it's not I the think, only movie they've yeah. done yeah what what other movies have they done they were in one i didn't see it last year but uh they were in uh i, I forget what it was called it was like some netflix original i think oh yeah um it was uh the murder mystery that's yeah. what it was. I love that movie. I, I I really agree with you on that. I think Adam Sandler and Jennifer Aniston do terrific together. Yeah, I mean, I just think you just got to look at the movie for what it is. It's not trying to be impressive. It's not trying to tell you, like, this is an amazing movie or anything. It's not trying to showcase something that's, like, award-worthy or something. It's just, it doesn't take itself seriously. It's a good time. And I just, like, like I said, I think the situations are funny. I think the actors have good chemistry. And it's just, it's one of the few Adam Sandler, like, I like Adam Sandler's comedies overall. It's one of the ones I actually really do like. Um, And it's just one of, like, the only few rom-coms that I actually have a good time with. Uh, So, yeah, I I had to put that one on here. So, uh, what's your number seven? I can't believe I'm going to say this because I know everybody hates this movie, but it keeps my interest and I do enjoy it. It's going to be The Last Airbender. <laughs> what? Yeah. Okay. So I love I love the cartoons. Everybody loves the cartoons. Oh, yeah. Cartoons are amazing. But The I, movie is terrible. You actually liked that movie. I enjoy it. Like, seriously, I really do enjoy it. What did you like about that movie? I don't know. The movie keeps my interest. I'm very interested in it. I don't know. I think it's because when I watch cartoons, I always imagine what it would look like in a... Uh, in a live action movie. So I think the fact that it gave me that like visual for my imagination, that's why I liked it. But the thing is I watched it again, not too long ago and I still liked it. I watched it once and I swore to never watch it again. We watch it with me. No. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> we need to move on from that. The movie's terrible. Oh, okay. My number seven is uh, mission impossible Two, 
It was uh, the only Mission Impossible movie to be directed by John Woo. It stars Tom Cruise, obviously, and uh, Thandi Newton. And um, I'm a huge fan of the Mission Impossible franchise, but um, Mission Impossible 2 is known to be the dud of the bunch. It feels very different from the rest of the movies because mm-hmm. all of them have like that action and thriller feel. They tried to take this one in a, in a different direction by making Ethan Hunt this James Bond figure and it just really didn't work at all and the movie came across extremely cheesy um while the others are just great action thrillers and the w- the reason it's so cheesy is because they overuse the slow motion just in these super hilarious ways and they're not intending to be funny it's like for example they're on like tom cruise and thandy newton they're in these two cars they're chasing each other like down this mountainside on like a windy road yeah and then there's this dramatic music in the background and then they slow-mo and they're looking at each other while they're driving the car and they're like turning around and drifting as i was like when would this happen in real life given a lot of things wouldn't happen in these movies in real life anyways that is but this one it was just like they just tried to make it so cheesy and so dramatic yeah and the music i actually like the music in the movie just on its own but for a movie like it really heightened the cheesiness of this movie and um it's literally the epitome of early 2000s action that's exactly what it came out in 2000 and there's literally another scene so uh they're in like this underground bunker type thing and tom cruise is having to go into this other room he's trying to get into this room where these other guys the bad guys are and there's a flock of doves for whatever reason, there's just there's just a bunch of doves, and as Tom Cru- like before Tom Cruise comes into the room, there's a dove, and there's like all this like white yellowish colored light surrounding the dove as it flies into the room, and Tom Cruise comes in like running behind it. At the same time, right before that, he does like this dramatic kick flip through um, the doves or flip kick, whatever you call it, and it was just like why why did we need the doves? <laughs> See, like here's my thing, like I. I, I never really watched the Mission Impossible movies because, like, I don't know. For me, it's just one of those things where I'm just like, nah, I don't know. Like, like agent spy movies are just okay with me. But the but you're right. The early 2000s um, action was very cheesy and overdramatic, so I do know oh, what you're yeah. talking about. Yeah, I mean, but I will say the good thing about this movie is that the action choreography, like the stunt work and everything, it is really impressive. Like, no Mission Impossible movie fails to impress when it comes to its stunt work and its fight choreography and everything like that. Like, it's actually very cool to watch with, like, what they do with motorcycles, what they do with fights. Tom Cruise literally climbing the side of a mountain and holding on just, like, with almost nothing. It's 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 crazy to watch stuff like that. But the it easily has the worst story. And it's just one of those movies that's so absurd, it's just fun to laugh at with your friends or whatever. So... Uh, yeah, Mission Impossible 2, that's my number seven. What is your number six? <sighs> Man, I'm not going to lie. Every time I look at this movie title in my notes, I'm just like, it's almost like I'm I'm just about to like reveal myself to the world. But my number six is Batman and Robin with George Clooney. <laughs> what? Do you? Okay, please don't tell me you actually like the movie, that you know it's crap. Okay, l- l- let me explain. So... When I was a kid, you know, like, like I'm like uh, six, right? I loved Batman. Loved Batman. I loved every Batman film. Everything was amazing. You know, I'm I'm six years old. Like, like I don't even know what puberty is yet, right? So, I loved that movie. Now, now that I'm older, you know, I'm 18. I'm in college. You know, like like my idea of what movies are, are completely different. I rewatched it, and I was like, man, this movie is horrible. But I keep, I I just want to keep watching it. <laughs> like like it, it is fun to laugh at for how terrible it is because like that's George Clooney with the bat nipples and literally there's a line because you know Mister Freeze is the villain and George Clooney's like freeze freeze I'm like really oh really? dude don't even get me started about- then Arnold Schwarzenegger <laughs> as Mister Freeze walks in and he's like chill with his ice gun oh, and yeah. I'm like chill really and then Yo. they have in the beginning there's like that they're 
all of a sudden they're like ice skating and Batman and Robin fall down on their backs and simultaneously click their feet together yeah. and then ice blades come out from underneath their shoes. Dude, I was like, what? My absolute It's like, what is this, Batman on ice? <laughs> Batman on ice. No, but... <laughs> that, that should never be a thing. No, that should never should be a never thing. never be a thing, Batman on ice. I'd still watch it though. Anywho. I would not. I, I still would. Anyway, so my favorite part that is just... Like, so stupid. But it just cracks me up is um when I think it was Poison Ivy comes in. Then Batman and Robin, they start, like, bidding for her. And then they start, you know, 20000 And then Batman pulls out his little Batman credit card. And it has, like, oh, my gosh. I was like, what is They that? literally just made that movie to sell toys to little kids. Oh, and I'm sure that worked. But, like, I liked it when I was, like, five years old because I was a target audience for that movie then. And then literally I was, like, I hit, like, nine and ten. I was, like, this is, I at that age, I was pretty young then. And I still recognize this sucks. <laughs> Dude, I, there's so many things wrong with the movie. But. I freaking love it. I don't know I why. I have no problem with watching that movie and turning it on just to laugh at it. It's been a couple years since I've done that, but I would do that, like, right now. But oh, it's not dude. a movie. It's it's easily, like, the worst Batman movie ever. Yo, we should do that one day. We should watch some, like, the worst movies just to make fun of them, just for fun. That'd be hilarious. I know. All right, what's yours? Your number six, my man. My number six is the Maze Runner trilogy. Dude, those movies were awful. <laughs> Everybody thinks the same thing. I love those movies, and I'm like the only person that says they progressively get better instead of progressively getting worse, like Dude, most people would say. the first one was the best. I First hate. one was the worst. The third one was amazing. Movies. The third one was awesome. Oh, dude, I it was, hate okay, those movies so The Maze Runner much. movies, obviously, there, there are so many of those, like, Teen dystopian novel series that all came out around the same time, like Divergent, yeah, uh, uh, Maze Hunger Runner, Games, uh, Hunger like Games, yeah, and then all of them at the same time within the same few years were getting turned into a movie, and they were being shown on the big screen. And I was never a fan of Hunger Games or Divergent, or I think The Giver came out around the same time. I, didn't, I never really cared for any of those, but I love the Maze Runner trilogy for whatever Dude. reason. I like dystopian stories; it's just kind of a natural thing for me to like those. For whatever reason, this series works for me. I like. I think the world building was interesting. I just kind of like the whole concept of it, where they're stuck in this maze, and <laughs> as like as each movie, as each movie progresses, they expand further and further out into the world. I just think that's kind of cool. They never slow down. They're always running, and I love it. And I like the characters. I just think I think it's a good time, and I like the dystopian movies. I really, I just, I truly do not get why people don't like them. Um, I, I understand a couple beefs people have with the second one. Like there's a lot of differences from the book, but at the same time, I'm like, but the author was super involved with these movies. Like the author of the books were super involved with these movies. And a lot of the creative liberties he took to change the story from the book to the movie were his idea because he thought it would translate better to the screen. I was like, if it was the author's idea, I have no idea why other people have a problem with it. Dude, you know, I mean, I, I mean, I guess I can see it, but give me a serious headache because I'm just like, oh, they're running. Oh, they're running. They're going some man. They're running. I, I saw I the third one. I saw the third one in the theater. I was legitimately like super emotionally invested with anything that happened to any character. <laughs> I have no idea why. I don't know what this says about me. And a lot of people know that it's really hard for me to feel certain things, like feel anything in movies for the most part, at least. And the third one, this one, I was like, yeah. I was like, this was very satisfying. It's a very satisfying you, finale you are to this awesome my trilogy. Mind right now. Those three movies have to be some of the most boring, repetitive things on the planet. Oh, I won't argue that they're repetitive, but I have a lot of fun with those movies. I, I, I just I just do. Well, that's guilty pleasure for you. I folks. think it's got good action. I think it does. You think the action's... Go oh. Okay, did you watch the third one? I'm assuming you watched the third one because you've talked crap about all I, of them. Yeah, I've seen, I've seen all of them. The scene where they rescue Mino and from that 
like train in, in the beginning of the third one where they're like in like the doom buggy and they're in the like they're in the desert okay, and they're okay, trying okay. to get, I'll give you that I'll give you that that, that, that scene was, that was, was actually super cool and I thought it was like staged really well I thought it was cool I'm not gonna like praise the running and say man that's some good running man they're doing some good jogging I they will, must I will say track and field Tom Cruise is a great runner in movies like any scene he has where he's running in movies is just awesome but with Maze Runner I mean they're running and it's just it's more like they're running away from something and that's just kind of fun but that yeah. scene in the beginning where they're rescuing Mino from that train I think was actually pretty cool oh wow that was the last thing I expected <laughs> from you like seriously I can't believe you like those movies I they're can't so believe good. it I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna say anybody's wrong for disliking them, but I, Dude, I really the like them. The thing is, is like I still have to say I love you because the movies that I have from here on out are terrible, but I love them. So, what's your number five? My number five is Spider-Man Three with Tobey Maguire. <laughs> I absolutely you just love the crappy comic book movies i really do i you know what because like relatively all of them came out when i was a kid the ones that i've talked spider-man about. 3 came out when i was a kid and yeah. i liked it then for like a couple years and then i was like nah see like i don't know why i think i was it seven when so, it came out like, like i don't know it makes me feel makes me feel something when peter is this nerd but then the symbiote touches him and he becomes a sexy beast and like i don't know i don't know i love but we can't forget about that stupid emo peter parker walk oh yeah that he, did. When he was like dancing and like snapping oh my his gosh that was just Terrible. That, one, that part makes me cringe. I'm I not gonna loved, lie. I absolutely loved how Spider Verse just totally bashed that. I know that was and, from the beginning. It was it was so funny. I and then know. as that movie continued, I was like, okay, this movie's great. Oh yeah, but I love that movie. But bro, for Spider Man three, I don't know because I've always loved the black symbiote suit in Spider Man. It it's one of my most favorite. the symbiote suit looked dope. But oh, it looked Venom, great. Venom sucked. Venom did suck. Venom was Venom cool sucked. Enough. Sandman wasn't terrible. No, I thought Sandman was actually really, really good. Sandman, I think, was the best villain in that movie. There were like three. Um, uh, it was, I thought like yeah, it Harry was, Harry as New Goblin had a decent arc. Venom was just atrocious, yeah. and then Sandman was cool, but I th- I felt like he would have been better if the movie if he was the villain in the movie, like the like if he was. The main focus Yo, instead of having all these multiple see, villains. This is, off, this is off topic, but I'm actually really curious. For Spider-Man 3, the next one with Tom Holland, have you read all Yeah, the like movies? every villain's coming back. Yeah, like the Jamie Foxx Electro, um, Sandman from Spider-Man Dr. 3. Dr. Octopus. Doc, Doc Ock, yeah. And like, I think Sandman was rumored, but Doc Ock and Electro are confirmed, I believe. Yeah, I heard the and rumor about Sandman. Yeah, and they're trying to get Tobey Maguire back. Yep. And I, th- I want to say... Andrew Garfield's a done deal at this point. Like he's I, I gonna think do so, it. because here's the thing. When if you go to it and look at the cast, like on Google, it has Tobey Maguire well, and Andrew Garfield. They have all the rumored people. Oh, that is true, yeah. Yeah. I mean, I'm not gonna like I don't think Spider Man three, I, I don't think is a good movie. I don't think it's as bad as some of those terrible superhero movies. Like it's nowhere on the same level as like that Fantastic Four reboot. Or oh, that was terrible. Batman and Robin, or Don't Suicide say Squad. Nothing about Batman and Robin, you fool. Or Justice League, or something like that. You know, but um, it's like on a tier directly above those, which is just like me, dude. I, you know, I, I've never understood why that movie got so much hate. I loved it. I did. I'm not gonna say you can't love it. It's just. I just think it's definitely inferior to the first two. Oh, it hundred percent is, but. Out of the I wouldn't. Three. I wouldn't say it's like the worst comic book movie of all time. Like that's why I didn't react that hard with it, to that one. But like Green Lantern and Batman and Robin and X Men Origins, I was just like, dude, really? just wait. <laughs> These next four, you're gonna hate. Oh gosh. Me. Anyway, what's your number gosh. five? My number five is a rom com uh, called Letters to Juliet. Letters. Oh, that's so familiar. So it's this rom com set in the most. Most of the movie is set in Italy, in like yeah. Tuscany and Verona. And I think that's probably part of why I like this movie so much, because those are two places I want to go really bad. Italy is like, out of all the countries in the world, Italy's where I would go. That's like my number one desired destination, aside from Antarctica. 
Antarctica is my number one, but that's not a country. It's just a continent. Yeah. And nobody lives there. But Italy, that's the country I want to go to most. Um, basically, the premise of the movie, uh, you have a girl who's in a, in a relationship, and they, they go to Italy. They have to, her, her uh, I think it's her fiance in the, in the beginning of the movie. He has to go do his own thing. He's, like, working constantly, and she um, has to kind of entertain herself, uh, comes across some old letters that never got delivered to um, a particular person. So she's like trying to figure out how to like actually get that to happen and uh, comes across this family and ends up falling in love with the, the grandson of the older lady that she ends up kind of having to become friends with to actually try to like get these letters to the former boyfriend of the older lady that she met in Italy. And it's just kind of like this like adventure movie kind of throughout not really adventure but like an adventure love story i guess if you will uh throughout italy and it's just i don't i like the scenery in it and it's just another one of the for whatever reason it's one of those few sappy dumb rom-coms that i actually really like and plus this is a major plus for me and you're probably going to judge me super hard for this i'm about to i'm well i'm already judging you i'm not gonna lie love song by taylor swift plays in there and old taylor swift her music is where it's at and it plays in there it's called letters to juliet and or the the movie's called letters to juliet and the movie you know has like the whole romeo juliet imagery thing going on in there i was like hey uh, that's awesome <laughs> i hate to break it to you but uh i love old taylor swift too yes <laughs> but that yes. movie's terrible i actually seen it i looked it up and i have seen it before it was a long time ago but I have seen it, and I, I can confirm it was terrible. I think I've seen it two or three times, but I really like it. See, like if you asked me, hey, Cody, do you want to watch this movie? I would say no. <laughs> <laughs> so you like old Taylor Swift's music. Her new stuff's terrible. I don't like any of that no, pop stuff. Uh, I, her, her new I feel like I sounded stuff, like an old person going, I don't like any of that pop stuff. I don't like any. No. But yeah, her, her um, older music, I do like. I do like. I can listen to that. Yes. Yeah. I, I don't I don't know what it is. I like the old songs. I hate country music. I, I hate, hate country too. music. I hate it too. But her old music is like borderline country. It's not even all the way there yeah. because it doesn't. It's not something about a truck or alcohol or, or, or dog. your your ex wife and my gun and all that <laughs> stuff. You know? My ex wife <laughs> and my gun, <laughs> whiskey. Yeah, whiskey. my my tractor. You and, know, and and all that stuff. Beer. I I hate that type of music. Yeah. her music has none of that. It's just love songs, and I felt like her actual song, love song, fit really well because the whole uh, like the imagery of that mo- of that song is all about. Uh, like Romeo and Juliet and this movie is called Letters to Juliet yeah. and I, I don't know it's just a dumb reason for me to like it but that song is in there and I was like yes <laughs> <laughs> see like that song was in there man and I knew that was the movie for me yeah and I, I legitimately I kid you not watched that movie by myself are you serious yeah <laughs> please don't tell me you like fell into tears no. Okay. Good. Nowhere near anything like that. Okay, like good. I just, I just watched it on. All right, watched it on. I just watched it to just turn my brain off, really. Okay, I, I get that, but I am shocked that you like that movie. I love it. Anyway, what's your number four? <sighs> okay, my oh my gosh, I'm just gonna say it. I'm in love with the Twilight movies. <laughs> <laughs> For everybody that doesn't know what just happened, McNeil has spit his water out of his mouth onto his floor. Something tells me he does not like the Twilight movies. (laughs) (laughs) Oh my gosh. I didn't expect you to say that you were in love with these movies. I love those movies. Love those movies. I'm like crying. (laughs) (laughs) Well, okay. I'm just going to be completely honest. Twilight 1, amazing. She met Edward. That was her man. Twilight and oh my 2, gosh. New Moon. Taylor Lautner. Jacob Black, the werewolf, comes into play. Becomes the werewolf. Like, dude, they are such good movies, and I love them. That's just dumb. Oh, you're <laughs> dumb. Dude, okay, so I watched the first three actually a few times. Every time I watched it, I was like, these are dumb. 
these are dumb. They're not These dumb. are so They're dumb. dumb. And every time I watched it is because I was in a relationship at the time and ex-girlfriends were like, I want to watch Twilight. And I was like, okay, whatever. Dude, I, I don't understand why they get hate because they are amazing movies. I love those movies. I, I, I watched them with my mom. Seriously. I love those movies so much. Pretty sure my mom hates those movies. Well, that's not okay because your mom is supposed to like those movies. Every mom is supposed okay. to like those movies. <laughs> I do think, I will say about the, the Twilight movies, I don't like dislike the idea of like vampires in movies, whatever. Like, I think vampires are actually like just kind of interesting. Yeah. But I would like legitimately good vampire movies. Yeah. I just haven't found one. I do think. Robert Pattinson gets too much flack as an actor because he was in those movies. I agree. I feel like... And I think he yeah. is a phenomenal actor. And I've I've said that multiple times on, on this podcast. But Robert Pattinson is legitimately a great actor. See, like, here's the thing. Whenever I think of him, I think of him playing that vampire. So I feel like even though those movies really, you know, put put him on the map, I feel like now he is... His name is too connected to them to where... Yeah, people just literally need to let it go and yeah. disconnect from that because I'm that's how we got to start. Yeah, I'm the same way. Whenever I see... It, like, he's playing in the new Batman. Well, I mean, people loved those movies when they came out. Like, everybody was just flocking to go see them. Yeah. And um, oh, from what I remember, at least, well, like, I was in, like, middle school when those were coming out, and I remember people older than me, just in high school or whatever, going to see those movies. Everybody was talking about it. It was always, or you team Edward, or were you team Jacob? I was then. team Jacob. <laughs> and it, I was just, I just, it was, that was a conversation, like, for years that everybody was talking about, and I was just like, I don't, I genuinely don't I care. I could have a whole podcast on team Jacob, team Edward, and oh my why gosh. I am team Jacob. But we don't want to open up that can of worms because ooh, I will no. I will get rowdied up, boy. <laughs> okay, well then we, we should move on before we get there. Yes. So my number four is She's Out of My League. She's Out of My League. It's another rom-com. Yeah, I know. I, I think I've seen it. I think I have uh, seen She's Out of My League. It has a guy who voices Hiccup from um, How to Train Your Does Dragon. It really? and it, Yeah, his name is uh, Jay Burchell. I think that's I yeah. think that might be how you say his last name. I don't know. I know I know you say Jay. It's just Jay, but I don't yes, know how you say his last name. I have seen that movie. It has T.J. Miller in it. Yeah, it does, and it also has uh, the girl in the movie. The, the lead actress. Her name is Alice Eve. It's probably legitimately my favorite rom com because I just I absolutely I love the premise because it's I love hilarious. This movie. Yes, it's about this nerdy guy who. You know, just doesn't really think he's ever going to fall in love. Nobody's ever going to like him. Um, and that he's just kind of like this loner who's just kind of shy and awkward. And like like the prettiest girl he sees is like uh, just trying to get away from all the typical guys that she dates and actually just likes him for, for him as a person. Yeah. And I just think that makes for very funny situations. Dude, I loved this movie. I did. I really, really, really liked this movie because, you know, it's just, it was a little different. It was a little quirky, but I like this movie a lot. So I, I agree with you. I a hundred percent can agree with you. Yeah. I mean, I legitimately think it's funny. I've, and I've actually considered after we're done recording this, just throwing it in because I haven't seen it in a couple of years and I just kind of want to watch it again because when I put this list together earlier today, I was thinking something about this premise to me is just kind of charming, I guess. And uh, it's just fun to watch. I, I agree with you. I 100% can agree with you, man. And I understand where he's coming from because all of his interests like are just like geeky interests. But yeah, I love this movie. She's out of my league. I'm probably going to watch it tonight just because I'm in the mood to watch it. But anyway, Cody, what's your number three? Coming into the top three here. This is exciting. Dude, my top three are bad. Like, they're they're bad. I believe it. You've had some bad choices. Oh, okay. Number three, with Halle Berry, Catwoman. Oh my gosh. You're, did you say Catwoman? Yes. <sighs> okay. <laughs> that, that, okay. That's it? <sighs> okay. Yeah. Dude. I think this movie... It, All right, so my number oh three... Oh, my God. 
Oh, you know what? Yeah, do your number three, you turd. I like Catwoman, and I'm proud of it. I mean, you can talk about it. I don't care. Okay, Catwoman is not that bad. It's interesting. It holds my interest. Oh, my gosh. And I, I, you know what? Just do your number three. Whatever. God. <laughs> okay. I really hope you've seen this movie, because I think this is the type of humor you would absolutely love, and if you haven't seen the movie, I think you would think it is just, like, amazing. Really? Okay. Yeah. It is. It came out three years ago from 2017. It's Baywatch. I loved that movie. It's basically a parody of the old TV show. Yeah. And I think it is absolutely hilarious. It, it is extremely made, entertaining. Dude, I don't think it was made to be a parody, but it ended up being a parody. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know if that was its intention either, but it totally came across that way. I mean, the banter between Dwayne Johnson and Zac Efron is absolutely hilarious. Dude, I like agree. he walks up. I agree. Zach Efron walks up into the scene and Dwayne Johnson's like, "What's up, NSync?" Oh yeah. Yeah. <laughs> he legitimately called him high school musical in the movie and I lost it. Did he? I don't remember that. Yeah, he was like they're like on the beach and he was like out tanning or something like that and Dwayne Johnson goes, "Hey, high school musical." <laughs> I was like, <laughs> "I can't believe he just called him High School Musical." He called him like One Direction. I think he might have called him Justin Bieber or whatever. I love it that. was so funny. Yeah, that dude, scene also I where they love that movie. Seriously, it's so funny, and that is, is. far from my type of humor. And you is. know that, dude. That is actually very far from your your kind of humor. So I'm actually shocked. My type of humor is literally like Wolf of Wall Street, American Psycho, oh, that type of Wolf stuff. Of Wall this is, is the hilarious. It's so funny, but that's not that's not even guilty pleasure. That's just a good movie. That is a good movie. Yeah, Baywatch is um Baywatch is just cheap entertainment. I enjoyed it for whatever reason. I think it's just because of the banter between Dwayne Johnson the Rock and uh who says that? Dwayne the Rock Johnson. <laughs> Dwayne and, Johnson the Rock. <laughs> <laughs> and Zach Efron, I thought it was just absolutely hilarious. It, their banter just cracked me up. That I also love that scene where they're on the beach and they're doing that that like workout competition. Oh yeah, where, like, like American Ninja Warrior. Yeah, that was hilarious. I thought that, that was, was so too. funny. Yeah, I, agree. I also like how Zach Efron's like, I'm a swimmer or, or for what or whatever, and then he's like, Oh yeah, where are you from? He's like kansas or something like that dude i was like you're from kansas i I remember that and it was one of those things that was just like so random like why i don't remember i don't know if he said kansas but it was something from that general area of the country where he either said nebraska or kansas or missouri or something something like that that. but but yeah i i thought that movie was just hilarious i and i when i watched it for the first time this is so unlike me but when i watched it a couple years ago i was like all right I'm going to immediately watch it again. And I watched it again the next day and then later the next week because <laughs> it was just so funny to I, me for whatever I, reason. I completely agree with you, dude. I fully support you on that. And one. I usually like dark humor. That's usually yeah. my thing. I hate slapstick for the most part, except for this movie and any Adam Sandler movie. Yeah. So, yeah. So what's your number two? <sighs> All right. I need to talk about this movie before I say the title just to... Help everybody understand. This movie was... It was part of my childhood. And I have rewatched it. And I still like it just as much. It... I like the storyline. It keeps my interest. I... Um, Why do all these terrible movies keep your interest? <laughs> well, you, you gotta understand that. I also collect Pokemon cards because I like it. So I am a child. Anywho. Okay. So, this movie... Like, it, I, like I don't know. I love the storyline. I love all the characters. I just, I love every part about this movie. It was made in 2009. The Hannah Montana movie. Oh my gosh. (laughs) Dude, I I haven't watched that since like the year it came out. But it's got a Taylor Swift song in there from that time period. It does. It does. I'm sold. Dude. And I'm not going to lie. I am not going to lie. I had the biggest crush on Hannah Montana when I was like seven years old. Dude, I did So too. much so that I named my dog Miley. <gasps> That's how Miley got her name? Yeah. I never knew that. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. I never knew that. I never knew that. I thought it was just you just named Miley Miley, but I never knew that is exactly why. Yeah. She's not alive anymore, but. Well, I mean, um, I, I know that. But yeah. No, I'm just oh, letting yeah, people listening. Uh, yeah, why would they know? Yeah, but um, 
I, I love that movie. I freaking love the movie. I genuinely think it is a phenomenal movie. Like Miley Cyrus I watched girl, it. like you did good. I watched it once and I was like nine when it came out because, you know, when you're nine, you're watching Disney Channel. You yeah. know, in our generation. Heck yeah. Um, I watched it, liked it, never watched it again. So I'm pretty sure I'd absolutely hate it now. Um, if I wanted to watch a Miley Cyrus movie right now, I'd put on The Last Song, which is a Nicholas Sparks movie with her and uh, Liam Hemsworth. That's how they met. And now they're Oh, yeah. That, that does ring a bell. Yeah. It's and it's in Georgia and whatever, yeah. so yeah, I was on board with that movie. And people, you know, say what they will about it because it's a Nicholas Sparks movie. But uh, Hannah Montana, the movie, probably will never watch it again. <laughs> well, you're missing out. I'm not going to judge you for that one as hard as I did like Catwoman. <laughs> <laughs> I love Catwoman, dude. Just wait till my number one, dude. You're gonna you're gonna flip. A lot of people are gonna flip. So my number two is. The choice. Choice. It has, it's a Nicholas Sparks adapted movie. Of course. It has Teresa Palmer, Benjamin Walker, Maggie Grace, Alexandra D'Addario, Tom Willing, and Tom Wilkinson. It actually has like a, well, I'm not going to say it has a good cast, but decent. And like, again, like aside from The Notebook, this is my second favorite of those Nicholas Sparks adapted movies. I love this one. I watched this one by myself and i was like extremely emotionally invested in it and <laughs> dude it got 11 percent on rotten tomatoes it's terrible oh it's so cheesy dude <laughs> I it love, is. oh dude that would no that was priceless you're just like man i love this movie i was emotionally invested oh no it's terrible like, it is like, so <laughs> it is so bad it is so bad. It is extremely cheesy, very unrealistic, but I freaking love it. Dude, and it's like, again, it, the setting is familiar to me. It has a good enough ending. It's not depressing like most of Nicholas Sparks maybe. So it's like a nice little plot twist there. However, it does trick you there for a little bit. You're like, like I legitimately, most Nicholas, every Nicholas Sparks movie I've watched, I'm like, okay, I know exactly how this is going to end. Yeah. This one, because Nicholas Sparks movies usually end terribly, like with a tragedy, I thought, I was like, okay, I know where this is going. But it had a happy ending. And I was like, oh, plot twist. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> I want to say this one was in North Carolina, I think. Um, I have no so, idea. I mean, the coast, North Carolina, South Carolina, Georgia, all very familiar place to me. So I like that for whatever reason. I have no idea why. I'm not even a big beach guy. I just like watching Dude, these movies. I don't because know what it is. I hate beaches. I hate the same. I'm not a big fan of the beach either. But I think the reason I like this is because these stories give such an unrealistic interpretation of like what the beach down here is like. Down here is like because um, they make it seem like it's like this very uh, just super. I mean, it's laid back, but. They make it seem like it's like all these carnivals where all these just it is people are all like the time that. and that yeah. everybody just it's like just like this perfect little area to be where it's just quiet and nothing's going on. And while there are probably there are some areas Yo, like that. OK, where there, I'm not, just going to say this for everybody watching that has never been to Myrtle Beach. It it's not. Oh, yeah. It's not amazing. Myrtle Beach. Myrtle Beach is also very different from everything else. Like if you go to say something like Kiowa or Fripp. Um, those places are like very secluded. Yeah. And but however, they're nothing like these movies paint out because those those movies like try to make it like this like small town vibe where there are these like carnivals. Everybody's yep. happy. The closest you're gonna get to that is Myrtle Beach, but that's literally everybody and their brother goes there from Dude, all over Myrtle the country. Myrtle Beach has so much crap. Like, it, and guess what? If you go to Myrtle Beach, the water is brown. It is a dis- yeah, it yeah. is a disgusting brown. It is really isn't special. So if you are planning yeah. to go there, make sure you bring something to wash the taste of Myrtle Beach out of your mouth for the day because it is <laughs> Myrtle awful. Beach. Myrtle Beach is pretty crappy. It is, and they try to make like you know like that's that's the area of the beach where it's like you have all these carnival areas and and all of these just like yeah attractions yeah it has like these cool little shops that have relatively the same thing like they have they have t-shirts they have clothes that are overpriced they have yeah these little but they're toys, it's nowhere like, near how these movies make it out to be oh, these movies make it out where it's like this small town area where it's like this is like the normal thing to do and it's not like a 
they make it seem like it's not a destination for people to get there or anything like that. Yeah. And it's just like this. They make it seem like it's like this isolated area where nobody's ever heard of it. And I like the like the fantasy idea of that. I think it's kind of cool. That's I think it's partially why I like watching these movies so much. I'm not gonna say why I like watching them so much because I rarely do. It's like towards the end of the year I might like watch one of them or whatever. Yeah. It, it, I don't know. It just it's just it paints all of all of this setting out to be in a very unrealistic area. I'm it like, does. Where is that? I like I under, I know the scenery well, but I'm like that is not what it's like. Oh no. <laughs> so what is Cody's number one? Yo, like, dude, like this movie's terrible. Like it is so bad. It has to be one of one of the worst movies in cinema history ever. But I love it because it is so bad that it is funny. In 2003, there was a drama romance movie called The Room. Have you heard? I've of never it? seen that. I don't even know if I, I know of Room, but that was not that was in the, like the, within the last like four or five years okay. or six years or whatever. So it's called The Room, and it is an hour forty minutes. And dude, like like for people watching that know this movie you'll know what i'm talking about uh there's like a meme it has uh tommy wisso or something like that greg sestereo uh juliet um daniela like it has oh i've seen so many memes about this movie yeah it's and like, i never knew it's, what it, it was like, like it has oh hi mark like like it is so bad. It is terrible, but it is so bad that it's good. It is hilarious on how bad it is. The That's Batman line, and Robin for me. Dude, the storyline is awful. The The acting is atrocious. It has some of the most fake, terrible acting ever, but I I love this movie. I do because it is so funny on how bad it really is. That is my number one guilty pleasure. Now, Sir Macknell, what is <laughs> your number one guilty pleasure? I would not have been able to guess yours at all, um, partially because I had no idea what it was. Yeah. Um, do you want to take any guesses for mine? Uh, have we? Have me and you talked about it before? Oh, yeah. I know exactly what it is. What is it? It's The Amazing Spider-Man 2. No. What? No. What? Then what no. is it? I actually don't know. I will say it's a comic book movie if you want to keep guessing. I'm trying to think. I will give you a hint. We have talked about it within the last week. What? Oh. Oh. Batman versus Superman. Yes. Yep. Yes. Batman versus Superman, Dawn of Justice. However, the ultimate edition. Because I will Isn't say. Is that the rated I saw, one? Yeah. I saw Batman versus Superman in the theaters when it came out. And I thought it was... Hot garbage. Yeah. It was terrible. <laughs> it, <laughs> heart garbage. Not heart. Hot yeah, garbage. Yeah, hot garbage. So it has, it's directed by Zack Snyder. It stars Henry Cavill as Superman, Ben Affleck as Batman, Gal Gadot yep. as Wonder Woman, Jesse Eisenberg. Yo, Gal as Gadot a very, is absolutely, I, I don't know why I have to add this in, but I have to. She is a gem and a half. Like, oh my God, if she could run me over with a car and I'd be like, sweetie, it is okay. She's so <laughs> sweet and just gorgeous and please marry me if you're listening to this. She's not listening, Cody. Maybe she is. You don't know. She's a no. saint. So it also has Jesse Eisenberg as a very bizarre version of Lex Luthor that I actually absolutely despise. That's oh, like dude, my least favorite thing about terrible. the movie. That was terrible. Terrible. Amy Adams as Lois Lane, Diane Lane as Martha. And uh, Lawrence Fishburne as Perry. Dude. So, oh my gosh, the the Martha I will say crap. there's definitely some recency bias here for me because I've watched it twice in 2020. Yeah, and I watched it one one of those times was last the last week of the year. Oh, okay. And um, I, again, it was the ultimate edition. I watched it for the first time, at the ultimate edition, last summer. Yeah, and I was like, wow, this is way better than the the theatrical cut i actually have i seen the ultimate version i don't think you have i don't think it I have adds either. like an additional like 30 40 minutes of footage it explains way more however i still have a lot of problems with this movie it is the movie i am most conflicted with of all time yeah because on one hand i love 
the overall vision of the movie. I love Zack Snyder's ambitions for the story and what he's trying to do. I completely agree with that. But on the other hand, I also have many problems with it. But as I've watched the, the Ultimate Edition multiple times, it has grown on me over time to where it's like, I actually enjoy it quite a lot yeah but i also but i I think i enjoy it so much because i now understand what they were going for and it's like i like it for its potential if that makes sense i i I can honestly agree with you i i like i don't think that it deserves as much hate as it gets the theatrical cut yeah i i i was part of the hate see like I, i wasn't part of the hate i i mean i'm gonna be honest like ben affleck is my favorite batman we know that. Christian Bale is mine. I, I don't think... I used to not like Ben Affleck as Batman because of the theatrical cut. I was like, the, his character made no sense. But I now see what they were trying to what they were trying to do with it. And I will say, so the things I like about it, I'm going to talk about... I have an episode coming out next week. I'm going to talk about... Where I talk about all the DCEU movies because of Wonder Woman 1984 that just came out. Yeah. And I'm going to talk about my issues with Batman for Superman. But for the sake of this episode, because it's guilty pleasures, I'm going to talk about what I like about it. So I think the tone, the dark and gritty tone of this movie has is so bleak. I like that. And I think that's I do cool. I do too. Yep. I think most characters are cool. Like, I don't think necessarily they're executed properly, but I like the direction overall what they were trying to do like i think ben affleck's batman could have been cool if he had like some solo movies previously but anyway i'm, getting, I'm getting off track so henry cavill is superman awesome gal gadot is wonder woman awesome amy adams is lois lane awesome characters all around are great except J- uh, jesse eisenberg is lex Luthor. he's terrible dude oh that um, was such a bad I think, cast yeah dude. that was i have no idea what they were trying to go for there i think um, they were trying to the go action for the, the most disappointing casting of all time seriously yeah it's one of them right on top of jared leto as a joker yep. so yep. the action of this movie is actually really good i, I think, think it's it cool especially the warehouse sequence with oh, where Batman I, just, oh, yeah. where Batman just goes full on brute mode, oh, and dude. it was awesome. You know, like it scenes like that where I'm just like, dude, like someone had to die from that. The whole, I don't kill anybody. Come on, dude, you just Batman killed through the floor. That's, that's an issue I have in the movie. Batman actually kills in the movie, and it's just. I need to know why he got that cynical. I could get on board with it if we learned what Yo, got him there, I'm but we be didn't. Completely honest with you, I think that Batman would be a better hero. If he did kill people, I, no. I think he no. would be because I feel like it would give him more depth. It would be more interesting. No, it's the opposite. The reason he doesn't kill is what gives him so much depth. That's why he has so much internal conflict with certain things. I think that's what adds to it. Yeah, I, I, I don't know. But I feel like um, him killing people in that movie, I feel like I feel like it was fine. I, like, I'm not entirely against it. I just would have been more on board if there was more backstory like we know he was like this batman that's been around for a very long time and i need i needed to see him get there yeah in order for me to get behind all that but anyway um i like the ideas in the movie the score the score is incredible hans zimmer's music best of his career in my opinion i absolutely love the music in this movie i listen to it regularly um i mean like I said, the warehouse fight's awesome there's so yeah. many cool things about this movie but there's also just so many things that just make me like okay I want to love this movie, but I can't because I have a few, like actually not a few, like a bunch of dude. My, my somewhere biggest, between a, my biggest gripe, and a lot of people will agree with me on this. I'm pretty sure you will too. Is the Martha thing? Oh, oh it sucked. That sucked. Your mom's Martha. My mom's Martha. I want to hug you now. Like that's so <laughs> stupid. It was so dumb, and it was so instantaneous. And it's just very out of character for Batman to just completely change his stance because somebody else's name was Martha anyway. But if a few things were changed, if a couple things were added, whatever, I think it could have been a much better movie. I and agree. it wouldn't have to be guilty pleasure. But because it does have such terrible reception and it had like people did not like it at all when it came out, including myself. Um and and Ultimate Cut still has its problems. It is way better than the original thing, and I'm not gonna say it's even a good movie. I would say it's decent. Yeah, but I, I mean, I do enjoy watching it quite a lot because I understand what the goal was, and it just wish, didn't get there. Like I, I like me and you have talked about this. I, we both understand what they were trying to go for in this movie, and I wish that they achieved what they were trying to. I think they could have done if it were two movies, if they broke it down into two movies, and if I think it really would have worked if Ben Affleck had like his own trilogy or something beforehand. Yeah, because I could agree with you on that. I feel like if they went more into depth with 
um, Batman and Wonder Woman. I feel like if they just kind of... I was all right with them throwing Wonder Woman in there for the sake of that movie I and then like afterwards... I feel like if they went into her a little bit more, it may, would have made it better. I feel like it, it was a movie that could have brought characters together after we've seen movies instead of opening up new realms, if you know what I'm saying. I think what they needed to do is start it off with a, like a trilogy for Ben Affleck's Batman. Bring in Man of Steel... And then have Batman versus Superman. Yeah. And you could introduce Wonder Woman into there. And ha- so you have, at that point, you would have um, five movies. The Batman trilogy, Man of Steel, and then Batman versus Superman. And then cut it at the end where they end up becoming, realizing that they're not enemies. Afterwards, you would do Dawn of Justice where they actually team up. And you then you can flesh out the Doomsday plot line. Yeah. And then, oh, actually, before that, you would do Wonder Woman because you learned about Wonder Woman and Batman vs. Superman, and then have that, that Wonder Woman movie we saw, throw that in there, and then Dawn of Justice, and then kill Superman off at the end like they did. That would have paid off really well. Yeah. That would be like their DC's like first phase if they wanted to do something like Marvel. Then afterwards, they could do their own, um, whatever they wanted from there, eventually build it up to Justice League, Dark Side, whatever. But anyway, totally off topic. But Batman vs. Batman Superman, Dawn of Justice, I have a lot of fun with the movie just because I like the idea. What they were trying yep, to do, I agree with and you. I respect the ambition that they had and the vision they had for it, but it is just not executed properly. But I still have a good time with it because it does have some really high highs, but it has some really low lows. So um, that's my number one. And uh, yeah, so this was first episode of 2021. Very different from the type of stuff I usually do because I usually talk about very serious movies. These were all garbage. These were the, these were bad. Honestly, I feel like. I feel like somebody put me in the middle of Times Square and just rip rip my clothes off, and I'm just naked, and I have revealed. I don't even know what that means. I know what I, you, you know, like how would you feel if somebody put you in Times Square and just ripped your clothes off, and you are just exposed everywhere? You would feel like okay. I see what you're saying. Yeah, yeah, dude. I did MMA for 13 years. I'm a huge fitness guy, even though I'm fat now. I love lifting weights. I love playing video games. I love cars. But, bro, I freaking love that Hannah Montana movie. Like, oh, my gosh. Like, you can catch me watching that. And I hate that I'm like that, but it's it's a darn good movie. It's what it is. It, it is, is what, it, what is. it is. That's what I'm saying. But this was uh, very interesting, I guess we could say. Um, I guess we could say that. But, uh, yeah, so, Cody, where can people find you on social media? All right, guys, you already know the drill. You can find me on Instagram, at Cody Hildebrand. That's C-O-D-Y-H-I-L-D-E-R-B-R-A-N-D. Well, I'll be sure to link your information in the description of this episode. But, Cody, once again, man, thanks for joining me today on this episode. It was definitely fun and interesting. <laughs> Dude, like, like this is probably one of my more favorite episodes we've done just because it's so weird. And, and guess what? You're welcome, everybody. Thanks again, Cody. Thanks for joining me today. It was a lot of fun. Of course, man. I hope you enjoyed this episode, and if you did, be sure to tune in for more episodes as the season continues. And don't forget to follow or subscribe to the McNeil and Friends podcast on the platform you listen to podcasts so you can be notified when new episodes are released. If you made it to the end of this episode, congratulations. And once again, thank you for listening. (laughs) 